I'm Nicole Ferraro, and this is The Divide, a podcast from Light Reading exploring the ongoing digital divide, why and where it still exists, and what needs to be done to get people everywhere connected to reliable, high-speed internet. Today, I am joined by Trooper Sanders, CEO of Benefits Data Trust, a nonprofit that helps people tap into the more than $82 billion in unclaimed federal benefits. We discuss the work Benefits Data Trust is doing to help enroll more people into the FCC's Affordable Connectivity Program, a monthly broadband subsidy for low-income households. We also get into some details about what is and isn't working well with that program, how to make sure it has a sustainable future, and more. Trooper, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. So I think that um, Benefits Data Trust will probably be new to the light reading audience. So why don't you go ahead and introduce um, what introduce the group, introduce yourself and, and what you all do. Thank you very much. Well, so I would just ask your listeners to just really think about the need across the United States. There are tens of millions of people who are hungry. There are many others who go without health care, who cannot afford to go to college um, or pay for uh, broadband and internet service, which is an essential today. And there are government programs that have already gone through the political gauntlet that we know exists today. And we have help for people, but the programs often are so complicated um, that many people go without help, even though there's help available. And every year we leave $80 billion worth of assistance on the table while people are going hungry, going without healthcare, going without education and other needs. And Benefits Data Trust was founded in 2005 to both help people who are eligible for benefits get screened and help them apply for those benefits. And then also do what we can, working with public servants all across the country to uh, improve these programs so that uh, really people can get the help they need with efficiency and dignity and move on with their lives and make things better. Well, that is an amazing and essential mission. Um, so I, I report a lot on the Affordable Connectivity Program, which is a monthly broadband subsidy of $30 per household or 75 per household on uh, tribal lands. Um, I'd love to discuss a few things with you about that program, but first just tell us um, more about what role your organization is playing in connecting people with the Affordable Connectivity Program. Absolutely. So really, I mean, for what, more than 30 years uh, since when the internet began to scale and become more ubiquitous across life, we have been talking about the promise of digital connectivity and what it could do for not only helping people stay in touch with each other, but what it could do to improve health outcomes, to improve education and all sorts of things. And for many of us, it has uh, fulfilled that promise. Benefits Data Trust would not be around in the way that it is today without the internet, without connectivity. But as we know, there are uh, really many, many households all across this country who are, who are being, who are not able to connect, who are not able to afford. And so Benefits Data Trust, we've worked since our founding to help connect people to healthcare and food assistance and other programs. And we've also worked with public servants and so we are taking that expertise and those relationships that we have with our clients who we serve and with the public servants who are running these programs, 
And we are now bringing that to this new extraordinary opportunity that has come with the Affordable Connectivity Program, where we want to help as many people make sure that they are aware of the Affordable Connectivity Program and how they can go and um, apply for it and then move on with their their uh, broadband service that they choose. And we also want to help uh, the state officials across the country who are uh, doing not only the broadband connectivity, but often they're working on the infrastructure work as well. And so the, the latest techniques and tried and true methods of benefits access is not something they are necessarily expert in, but we can help them uh, to move these efforts forward. Okay, excellent. So um, more on that then, the ACP has about 15.7 million households enrolled so far, um, which sounds like a lot, but then you look it up and I think there's something like 35 to 40 million households that were technically eligible for this program. So from what you know about these programs in general and about this program, what you've learned so far, uh, why do you think it's been a challenge to enroll more eligible people in the ACP? Absolutely. There, there are more than 40 million households who are eligible uh, for, for the program. You know, I think there are a couple of things. Um, if, if we just start with, with just very, you know, brass tacks, practical matters, people are busy. Uh, you know, there are, there are many things in our lives that we have that are accessible to us, but we're just too busy to figure it out, to squeeze it in, to apply all of those things. It's just human nature, including during these extraordinary times. But then we also really have to, you know, if we, to have a degree of honesty about it in that, you know, overall in our country, asking for help, government help is not often a welcoming situation. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stigma attached to uh, receiving government assistance. There is a lot of difficulty. So imagine someone who has faced extraordinary difficulty navigating the SNAP program or what used to be called food stamps to buy a bag of groceries. Or if you're a mom and, uh, you know, the rules that that have you uh, dragging your child to a government office to physically prove that you are a parent just to get a bit of help to buy some groceries to make sure that they are well fed. Imagine if that is your daily existence and now you have a new program coming along around broadband, which is important, but it's not the same as food. It's not the same as, as being able to go to the doctor. Um, and then it's, it's 30 bucks, which is not nothing. It's important. But imagine that you live that type of busy life while you're struggling to make ends meet and just get it through the day. You can imagine how applying for something like the Affordable Connectivity Program would get uh, squeezed out. And that's why it's really important to make the eligibility and application process as easy as possible to allow those, you know, like Benefits Data Trust who can help people um, uh, make sure that that those who can help can do it and it's done in an ethical and responsible way. Um, And then also, you know, to really make sure that we think about more broadly, how do we make our benefits system work efficiently and with dignity so that it's just the normal course of business that people can get the help that we've, again, already gone through the hard political work of creating these programs. Mm -hmm. So why would we leave people without just because of inefficiencies and indignities in the system? Right. So what does your outreach actually look like to help people enroll in this and other programs? Are you um, calling them on the phone? Are you hosting events? What are are you doing to, to get people and how do you earn their trust? Absolutely. So, you know, as part of our normal course of business, we do um, outreach by mail, by text. 
uh, to inform people all across the country that they may be eligible for various benefits. Um, and then they they call through to uh, to us. Um, sometimes they're they're just able to go on their own, uh, you know, uh, on their own power and apply for these benefits. But we do have some who call us and who have conversations with my extraordinary colleagues, our our BDT's benefits outreach specialists, um, who go through um, the 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 very detailed eligibility and application assistance process. Whether you're applying for SNAP or or, or, or other types of benefits. And you know the, the important part of the service that we provide is I always say that my benefits outreach specialist colleagues have magic in their voice. And so we think that the application assistance process and the information providing process is important, but so is how we have the conversation and really taking the time to really build the trust, build the rapport. As one of our clients said in some feedback, BDT, uh, my BDT colleagues talk to people like they want to actually help them and talk to mm. them. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty extraordinary statement to hear from a client, but it's important for your listeners to understand who may have never come in contact with government programs that many of us expect to be treated with a level of courtesy and dignity as a normal course of business. But the reality is, is that today in the United States, to be treated with dignity and respect is actually a marker of privilege, not something that you can take for granted. But we wanna make sure that when people call us, they're treated that way. And what we're able to do with the Affordable Connectivity Program is make sure that people are aware and then where they can go to, to the, 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 the government websites to, uh, to apply for eligibility. And then as you know, the program is structured so that it is, it's agnostic for the broadband provider. And mm-hmm. so we don't steer people to any particular internet service provider. That is something that the individual consumer um, does uh, on their own. We just want to make sure that they're able to get the benefit. Got it. Okay, great. So the FCC recently kicked off a few different grant programs to help trusted community partners and organizations spread the word um, and enroll people in the ACP. So are you optimistic about that effort? Is that something your organization might apply for? And how do you see those grants um, being most successfully used? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think it's certainly, you know, benefits data trust, we, you know, we've, we've, we've begun this work, and there's so much more that we could do. So, uh, you know, I, I think if, if there are appropriate fits, we would, we would love to pursue them. You know, I think it is promising that, you know, not only uh, because, as you know, in many cases, when you have these big moments of, of, of public policy progress, creating programs and initiatives, often the work can stop once the president signs the bill. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, there's many more things to do that goes from a program being created and the money being appropriated and then actually maximizing it and making sure that eligible people can actually take it up. And so the fact that the FCC is, is providing resources so that trusted community organizations and others across the country can get the word out, can help as many people as possible, get directed to where they need to, where they can go to apply um, is a step forward. I think we will likely learn some lessons um, in the coming year or two as this gets off the ground. Um, and, and that you know there there is you know benefits access and helping people navigate these systems is both an art and a science, and perhaps slightly more of an art. And so you know benefits you know my colleagues and I at BDT we really hope that you know not only can we 
um, connect with individuals as much as possible to help them uh, uh, figure out if they're eligible and applying for the affordable connectivity program. But we really truly want to just be a resource when, when as folks, uh, as community organizations go on their benefits access journey with this program, you know, that we, we want to make sure that they can tap the knowledge of BDT and other organizations who've been down this road with Medicaid, with uh, SNAP, with WIC and other things. There's a lot to share and learn from. Right. So like you kind of allude to the ACP, we're going to learn a lot about it in the coming year or so. Um, it's a relatively new program. It's sort of an off respawn of the emergency broadband benefit, which was the temporary slightly higher subsidy um, that came about in the early days of COVID. Um, so as an, an organization that deals with all sorts of benefit programs, um, is there anything that you would ask of the FCC if they were to revamp, you know, uh, version two of the affordable connectivity program? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think for the FCC and for the other policymakers, I mean, there, there are a few things. One, you know, the, 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 there is a strong, not only uh, uh, moral case for closing the digital divide, but in terms of America's competitiveness and our broader national security and our strength, there is a strong business case for making mm -hmm. sure that all the people who want to be connected and online are able to do that. So the business case is there. One thing that's important to know with this program is that if you are on already receiving federal benefits, such as SNAP, such as Pell Grants, such as Medicaid, you are considered presumptively eligible for the Affordable Connectivity Program. That's great. That's extremely important. Now, the next step that our policy leaders and others might want to think about is when you have someone who has already gone through the process of applying for Medicaid, applying for SNAP, applying for Pell Grants, we already have the data on them. They've already done a complicated application. Wouldn't it be great if actually there was a way to make sure that people are presumptively applying? Or if you're applying for federal financial aid to go to college, you could just check a box on that application to say, yes, I would like to be enrolled in the Affordable Connectivity Program. Or when you have a mom who's going through the, shall we say, gauntlet that's involved in getting WIC and nutrition for her child, if there was just a simple way to check a box or click a box to say, yeah, sign me up for the Affordable Connectivity Program and yeah. making sure all the back-end minutia is handled, that would actually allow us to scale closing the digital divide, advancing equity, and broadband equity and making the most of the Affordable Connectivity Program. Okay. So one last question for you then. Um, we're sort of in this weird position at the moment where the FCC is tasked with finding ways to ensure the ACP reaches the most people possible, and yet the program is projected to run out of funding in the next year or so, and um, it's unclear how uh, it, it could be refunded. Um, so are you concerned about the future of the Affordable Connectivity Program? And what do you see as the best avenue for making sure that this remains a fully funded and sustainable benefits program? You know, I mean, I think that's an important part of our political process. Hmm. And, and, and you know, you, you, we, we can't take these programs for granted. We can't presume that they will always be around. And I think the best thing we can do right now to make the best political and business case for continuing and perhaps expanding one day the Affordable Connectivity Program is to make the most of what we have right now. So doing everything we can to get the word out, to make sure that people are applying, to make sure people are signing up, because then that, that expanding the digital footprint, expanding broadband equity 
will have an impact in communities. And so then when, when it comes time to have the political conversation about, well, was it worth it? Did it have an impact? And also, let's just be honest, in our political process, is there a constituency for it? Mm -hmm. So if you think about, uh, I, I don't think there would be a very successful conversation talking about, let's turn off the taps of Social Security, because there's a very powerful <laughs> and interesting constituency. I'm a little worried that conversation's happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, but, you're you know, right. You're that, right. That's yeah. an important yeah. part. So imagine if there, if if those, if the lion's share of those nearly 40 million households who are eligible but not currently receiving the Affordable Connectivity yeah. Program were receiving it, and mm -hmm. then they were able to do the things in healthcare and education and other things that we say connectivity allows you to do, that pretty much makes the case itself. And then we let the people involved in the political process do the politics. Right, right. And the other people involved in that political process are the ISPs who are happy to have uh, those customers on their uh, their uh, earning sheets. And all that. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and for all the excellent work your organization is doing. I, I really appreciated uh, getting to learn about it. Wonderful. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Thank you again, Trooper, for joining me. Thank you as well to our producer, Pierre Landriau, for making this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the Light Reading Podcast for more episodes of The Divide, as well as interviews and insights from the Light Reading team. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.